ESPN. The following is a presentation of Cover Your Assets and is offered by Rooker Financial Coaching and Consulting. You're trying to build your income, your business, your life. Challenges are all around you. It seems so overwhelming. People are depending on you. Who do you listen to? Where can you go to find honest, useful information? Todd Rooker. For decades, Todd Rooker has been teaching professional education to attorneys, CPAs, bankers, and financial advisors. Rooker Financial Consulting offers advice and coaching to consumers, business owners, and financial professionals on every topic imaginable. If you truly want to succeed, sit back and find out how to cover and build your assets. Here's nationally renowned speaker and expert getting you on the path to financial strength and wealth, Todd Rooker. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, welcome back to my show this week. Uh, always uh, hopeful that uh, we catch you in one show and you come back, you know, week after week after week and feel like you're getting something out of this. I was fortunate uh, to have a gentleman and his wonderful young son come to my door uh, just last week. Uh, and uh, his, his, his young son is a Cub Scout and he was selling wreaths and garland. And uh, later, I asked him to send me a copy of the brochure because, as you've heard before, my wife runs to the door to stop me because I always buy whatever they're selling. I'm always so impressed by people who actually come to the door. I'm I'm not like the others who don't answer the door. I, I run to answer the door and I buy their stuff because I think it's such a great thing for future life to teach them how to do that. Anyway... Guy sends me an email back and he says, my goodness, he says, I, I, if I seemed a little perplexed at your door when I got your email, he says, I didn't put them together until I got home, but I listen to cover your assets all the time. It's one of my go-to podcasts. And I went, wow, that is so cool. Hey, can't get my wife to listen, but I can get other people to listen. That's good. So again, welcome back. The show today I think is excellent. For many people who are out there who are employees, which make up the vast majority of the population who work for other people, if you do work, uh, the idea of starting running your own business and uh, developing it beyond you, uh, where it's just not your little little side hustle with you all alone working out of your basement or your garage or a spare bedroom, but actually a company, a, a business where you have employees and you have payroll and all those things. I think for a lot of people, there is sometimes a bit of a bit of wonder where someone comes from who has the audacity to actually do that and move into that space because it is no small thing. It takes a significant degree of confidence. It also uh, takes a lot of uh, a lot of uh, gall to actually get moved to that to that level because it's not easy. And in my uh, limited experience not limited, actually, uh, it is the world is kind of against uh, the entrepreneur today. And so to do that takes something, and I love interviewing people who I know. Uh, this gentleman, Raymond Jung, is a client of mine. He owns a company called Element Landscaping, and he actually did some fabulous work for me at my house. Uh, and he and his team are phenomenal. And that's really important. That's really great. So if you do need landscape work done, Raymond is the guy uh, that you want to call. And I'll give you his contact information later on. But what we're really here to talk about today is who he is, where he came from, and what brought him to this point in his life. So with that, Raymond, welcome to our show this morning. 
Good morning, Todd. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for having me on. Uh, appreciate you having me here. Well, very good. I know Ray Ray said he was pumped for the show. We'll see if we can trip him up here. <laughs> All right. So, Ray, tell me where where did you uh, where did you grow up? Yeah, Todd. I was born and raised in Central Iowa. So I uh, I started off there and in, in honestly in a, a low income blue collar type of family, and uh, my folks were never married. So. My dad, he uh, worked at a factory building trailers. That was his thing in, in uh, southeast Minnesota. And so I grew up with my mom and my stepdad. And I got the, I got the work ethic thing going young. I worked with my stepdad. Um, he did floor covering for like 35 years. And he was on his own for about half of that time. And so in the summer months or even on weekends and breaks and stuff, from school, I started going to work with him at like nine, ten years old. Wow. Yep. So helped him with the floor covering. And that was, was really... he an entrepreneur or did he work for somebody else or both? He started off working for somebody else and then as time went on, uh, you know, created his own thing and, and was kind of more of an independent contractor. Got it. But yeah, it was a really cool experience. And, you know, at the time, all I really cared about was the money. Really he paid me even even as a little kid. Yeah, you well, were motivated I mean, when by that. When you're in fifth grade and and you have cash in your pocket and your buddies don't, that that was kind of cool. So, <laughs> um, so I like that part of it, but you know, I mean, he was an awfully hard worker, and and that kind of translated to you, yeah, completely. How about your mom? What did your mom do? Uh, she had a variety of jobs from you know uh, tax preparer, um, you know homemaker. She was there with with me and my sister a lot too. Um, kind of always odd jobs. Got it. it was kind of her thing, but uh, but yeah, the time that I had with my stepdad in that hands on work was really cool. And you know, I remember him setting me up with a, a compressor and an air air nailer, nailing down subflooring for him on his projects, you know, and, and, and getting the tools and things like that. And of course, as I got older, you know, I got to actually know how to do some more stuff, but, um, yeah, that was, that was really neat for me. Very interesting. Did you play any sports when you were in school? Not really. I played a little bit of football and then I kind of always had that, that work mindset. So I did, did sports through, uh, middle school. And then as I got to high school, you know, I, I really wanted to, honestly, I wanted to be working in my spare time. Um, in hindsight, maybe I could have done a couple of those things differently, but so you were motivated by money. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, even at a young age, when you looked at your surroundings, your parents, your family, was it your goal to exceed that? Or did you just see what it took just to put food on the table? And that was your motivator. Uh, exceeding what, what it was that they were doing was at the top of my list. Wow. I mean, there, there was no question about it. Um, you know, and I recognized that pretty young. And, and another thing that I thought was really cool was, um, you know, the fact that like my stepdad was self-employed, you know, and I saw him wake up at five o'clock every morning and, and get out the door and, and go in with him. And, you know, we'd be in his, he always had vans so he could, you know, haul yeah. his floor covering material around and, you know, we'd be in the van, we'd be driving to Des Moines and we'd put in a, a really long day. We'd be getting home in the evening and, and sometimes on weekends. And, and I know he worked really hard, but I thought it was really cool that he chose to do that. You know, he didn't have to go and clock in somewhere and, you know, he never complained about, Oh, I got to work today or anything like that. It was more like an opportunity. And I thought that that independence was really cool and something that I wanted for myself. Wow. 
So this is, that is very interesting. That is very interesting. I think a lot of, a lot of people, Ray, whether they know it or not, have a, have an expectation in life. And that generally comes from where they grew up and who they grew up around. When you have someone who has a desire right from their early age to, to exceed that station in life that they were, that they, you know, brought into this world in, then that all by itself is impressive and motivating for so. So for some of you who are out there, maybe you have that. The majority don't. The majority see their parents as the, as the bar. And, uh, Another thing I think that's interesting is that people don't fully appreciate how hard their parents work just to, you know, pay the house payment, the rent payment, put food on the table. And when you grow up and you go to work, you realize this is a lot tougher than you thought it was. Yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. So what was your first entrepreneurial experience? Oh goodness! Um, oh, well, I should ask you: Did you go on to school? Did you go on to college? Did you did you do a trade school? Did you do anything beyond high school? Um, yeah, I did. I dabbled in that. I kind of, you know, to to sort of round out the story from from that, you know, me as a youth, um, you know, I first got involved with landscaping when I was in high school. Uh, my uncle in Central Iowa still has an excavating business, and at the time did some landscaping. So I would work summers with him, and you know. I still had the floor covering opportunity, but I wanted to, you know, try something different, you know, as I got into my teens. And, and so I did that and I really enjoyed working outdoors with my hands in the dirt. You know, that was really appealing to me. And so I got to know landscaping in my teens, uh, to some extent. And, and again, looking at my uncle as kind of a, you know, an inspiration and, and seeing that, you know, he was on his own too. And, uh, I thought that was pretty neat. And, uh, and then after that, yeah, I did enroll in uh, a community college in central Iowa. And to be honest, I didn't, I, I wasn't uh, committed to it. I didn't give it a, a solid effort. And, uh, and then I got an opportunity to move to northern Minnesota and join the Bricklayers Union and do some refractory work. And Describe I, that. Yeah. So I did capitalize on that opportunity and what it was, uh, you know, I, I packed up central Iowa at 19 years old, moved you know, I don't know how many miles that was, 400 miles or something like that to northern Minnesota. And uh, and then I got in the union. And so that's... Where in northern Minnesota? Uh, Hibbing area. Okay. All right. And... Mining. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So it, it was brick lane, but it was fire brick and, and, you know, high abrasion, high heat type of materials, heavy industrial settings. Like you mentioned, the mines uh, was the vast majority of the work. And I loved it. It was really cool. We... Uh, you know, we would work what they call shutdowns and we would go into these, these mines. And I mean, these mines are making big money. So when they shut down, they want to reopen as quick as they can. So we would work, uh, you know, around the clock until, you know, everything was back repaired and, and online and the job might be a few days or it might be six weeks long. And, uh, so we'd have uh, a day shift, a night shift, 12 hour shift, seven days a week, 84 hours per week. So I, I would take down more in overtime than I would in straight time. And at these union wages and, and the, uh, you know, everything that went along with it, it was incredible. And, and not only that, but I liked the work. I learned a lot. And, you know, even some of what's helped me be successful today came from that, that, that team oriented, you know, connection and, and mobilizing everything into a job and executing it to the end. Um, you know, a lot of that has benefited me greatly still to this day. Well, it's interesting you say, you know, 84 hours a week. I was, I, I, don't, I don't know if it was last week or when, but I talked about the fact that, you know, every human being has a, has a fight or flight 
reaction to challenges. And however deep their well is, meaning that how far they get pushed before they flee as opposed to fight, has a lot to do with their past experiences and the challenges that they have come and overcome. Because the, the more challenging something is that you see through, the deeper your well becomes and the more you're capable of. It increases your capacity. And so when you tell me about working around the minds, these are people who are hard, hardworking. You, you're, you're on the team and uh, you're burning daylight. I mean, when you're talking about getting that that mine and the, all those people who are waiting to get to go back to work and they need money and they want to work and you just it's a thing you know 84 hours a week wow that's impressive i'm impressed to hear that and it tells me a lot about you i mean if i were if i were hiring you or i were interviewing you and you told me that that would say a lot about me and i have a feeling that you have people who come to work for you who don't have that same thing uh Maybe if they went to work in the well in the in the mines for a little while, maybe they'd figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and on that note, I mean the the employees that I have are great, and and the work that we do now is really challenging too. You know, it's uh, it's a seasonal business, so I mean we start early, we end late every day. Uh, a year like this where we barely had any rain up until lately, you know, the guys have had a lot Very of overtime breaks. every yeah. week. Yeah. Very good. Very good. So, all right. So you obviously went from there here because I don't know how, how or when you came to the Twin Cities, but you're here now. So how'd yep. that happen? Well, I met a girl. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that had a lot by to the, do with it. Was it by the name of Chelsea or are we talking about somebody <laughs> yep, else? Yep. That's the one. All right. Um, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we were, we, you know, wanted to, to be together and, and the refractory thing was cool, but the the big negative of it for me was the travel that went along with it. You know, a lot of, a lot of hotels and being on the road and that type of thing. And it was okay for a while, but that got old pretty quickly. And, and then, you know, met Chelsea and, and we decided to relocate. Uh, we went to Kansas city for one year and, you know, I kind of, sp I spent one year uh, really deciding where am I going to go from here? And I took that time to go back and finish the associate's degree that I had began um, just so I was productive in the time. And, and, and then it was during that time frame that I decided I wanted to work for myself. And it kind of went back to that, you know, independence that I saw in, in, you know, my family when I was younger and I wanted that for myself and, it, and at least to give it a try. I, I, I want to ask you something here because this is important. So what was the, what was the attraction for you to, because, because now you're going to college or you're going back to school which typically is going to take you down a more traditional path working for someone else. So it's, it's interesting to me that you decided to go back into being self-employed. And what I really want to ask you is why, what were the motivators that, that caused you or made you desire to go back to being self-employed? What was that, that you, that, that pulled you in that direction? Yeah, it was just that desire for independence and, and to, to, create something for myself. I, it just, it, it was in me from that young age. So you age. didn't feel that if you went to work for somebody else, you'd be able to, uh, to accomplish financially the same, the same amount. Is that, was that, yep, that, that was part of it. And I think at the time it wasn't even just financially motivated to make that decision. It was, um, it just, it was just something I felt like I, I really wanted to do. And I, th I think it, had I not made that decision, I probably would have always regretted it. And, and that was, 
you know, that was like 11 years ago. And now today I'm, I've, I'm having success and so happy with, with the, you know, the last decade and, uh, you know, how I've gotten here. So especially the last couple of years that you've worked with Todd Rooker, right? Right. (laughs) No, I got to ask you something and maybe I'm going to try to define it for you. You tell me, don't let me speak for you, but tell me if this resonates with you or not. Did, did you seek, whether you knew it at the time or not, did you seek control over your own destiny? Is that what pulled you to be in business for yourself? 100%. Yep. That, that was a lot of it. Um, I just didn't want to go clock in and clock out and, and even the refractory thing that I did, that wasn't necessarily traditional, but you know, you're still obligated to, to, you know, to your employer and, right. and into the union to some extent. And, and that was all, all fine. And, you know, a lot of guys made a career out of that and did very well for themselves and enjoyed it. Uh, it just wasn't quite what I wanted. I wanted to be able to do my own thing and explore the opportunities, you know, ideas that I had. I wanted to vet those out and see if I could take them somewhere. And, you know, and now where I've came, like the relationships that I have with my customers is, is so fulfilling to me even my employees, uh, you know, the way that my kids look at me now, you know, they're young, but they're, you can kind of see the wheels turning in their mind and like, Hey, my dad's doing something cool here. And, and I love it. Wow. I, I, that, that is the best, best, uh, description I've, I think I've heard. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, when, you know, when, uh, when I hear you say that, I don't want to clock in, folks. There's there's something that I want to bring to the to the forefront here because it's important that you understand. When you hear that, I'll 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 point you to or cause you to recognize that Ray is a very hard worker. I've watched him around my home. I've worked with him for a long period of time. And Ray, the reality is, when you work for yourself, you have to be the hardest boss on yourself that you've ever been, and that's not for everyone. Because a lot of people, if they don't have a place to, to clock in, as you say, they they aren't motivated. They they need to have somebody, that pressure on them to show up and be there because if left to their own, they wouldn't do it. And when you're self-employed, you have to have that internal drive to do it. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's it's just never been a problem for me. You know, I'm I'm more motivated to wake up early every morning and, and, and get down to my desk and get on my computer and start working and, and let that day unfold. And, and even, you know, throughout the season and everything, it just, it, it kind of comes sort of naturally to me, but I, you know, I'm well aware of the, the more I put in, the more I get out. And that's, that's what I like about it. Um, another little anecdote for you, uh, in some of my younger years, actually that year that I, I went back and, and got the uh, college degree, I waited tables. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to waste my time. I, I went from a, what was a really good income for me at the time, um, you know, to getting that degree and waiting tables. And I chose that because the harder I work, the better I do, the more I'm going to make. I was making tips and, you know, that, that was a good fit for me. So I've kind of always been wired that way. And now today I, I'm still well aware of my, the time and the decisions that I make and the effort that I put in translates to success. Very good. You know, the, the other thing, folks, that I think is, is necessary, and as you listen to, to Raymond here, he is talking about the different elements or aspects of construction as well as now just waiting tables. And when I hear these things, I'm pulling from each one of them and saying, what has that experience brought to him today? Um, as you listen to Ray, 
explain the things that he's been through in his life, you can quickly uh, ascertain that he's pretty articulate. And I think that's another component for an entrepreneur is that when you have pure practitioners, people who are good at the work, when they move into a space where they want to maybe go to the next level, and you've heard me tell you on this show many times, the, the notion that if I'm a good mechanic, I should own my own shop is not even accurate. In fact, more often than not, it's such a different world as compared with being a good mechanic or a good landscaper or whatever the, the, the trade is. And they don't possess the ability to speak and to communicate with people who buy. And I've, I, I say this to Ray and I'll say it to you on the air. I tell them as soon as they go into business, it's no longer being about, about being good at the work. And it isn't that being good at the work and having good quality and customer service isn't important, but it's more about talking people into paying you for doing the work. And that's a new endeavor for a lot of people who are focused on the work and the job as a practitioner. That's something that Ray and I have worked on with him since we started a couple, I don't know, it's two, three years or whatever it is. But that's something we've done. We're going to take another break. We're talking with Raymond Jung this morning. He is a business owner. He owns Element Landscaping in Minnesota. They do phenomenal work. But we're learning about Raymond and how he became a self-employed person and built his company to where it is. We will be right back. Hi, this is Troy Danner of Danner's Cabinet Shop. My family has been building custom cabinets and countertops for homes in Minnesota for over 50 years. We still make the cabinets the way my grandpa did when he founded our company. My team of skilled craftsmen pride themselves on attention to detail and making sure every element of your project goes perfectly. Give me a call at 763-753-4002 or visit us online at dannerscabinets.com. Are you missing anything in your plan? Find out with JLN Financial's Retirement Checklist. If you can check all the boxes on the list, you may be ready for retirement. If not, JLN Financial can help. Get this checklist now at rhythmofretirement.com slash checklist challenge. That's rhythmofretirement.com slash checklist challenge. JL and Financial offers insurance services. Investing involves risk. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, AEWM, and JL and Financial are not affiliated companies. If you or anyone you know are in a financially challenged situation, listen. My name is Todd Rooker. For over 20 years, I've been helping people strategically plan for and deal with a financial crisis. My typical client may have previously had a substantial net worth and are now in fear of losing their personal home. My clients will often say, in the past, I was financially successful. However, at this point, I'm exhausting all of my financial resources trying to make my payments on time. I feel as though I'm simply delaying the inevitable by throwing good money after bad. So my questions are, Todd, do I just let the bank liquidate my business? Do I need to consider things like foreclosure, short sale, deed in lieu, loan modification, credit counseling, or even bankruptcy? And then most importantly, how do I minimize the damage and rebuild my life when this disaster is over? This is my world, and I teach classes on those very topics. So if you or anyone you know is in this situation or you want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. Go to CYA21.com and get my free download, Financial Crisis Bible, or call us at 763-559-3800. Hey, are you considering something exceptional to set your home apart and highlight its curb appeal? How about the rich look of custom copper gutters? Copper gutters are not only beautiful, they also offer timeless durability. 
William Foss with Gutter Solutions installed my beautiful copper gutters. I get compliments every day. If you're looking for extraordinary craftsmanship and would like to consider something truly special, call him at 612-834-0664 or go to their website, SeamlessSolutionsMN.com. Ask for Billy. Fix Auto has been the collision repair leader in the Twin Cities for over 40 years. Hi, I'm Matt Feehan, second generation owner. Our mission at Fix Auto is to provide you with the simplest collision repair experience anywhere. If you're in an accident and you need help, my team is here and ready for you. You can find us on the web at fixautousa.com. That's fixautousa.com. We are Fix Auto, home of the wow experience. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Raymond Jung of Element Landscaping. I cannot pass this by. I need to bring this up. Uh, <clears throat> Raymond is married to a beautiful young lady who is very much an academic. She is someone who did go to school, did go on to school. I suspect she went to graduate school. Am I right about that? Yeah, or she not? did. And, uh, and then uh, in the educational system, rose to where she was the principal of a school. Correct. Right. Right. And then and then determined later, I don't know if she's gone back to work or not, but determined later to stay home and raise their children. And that is a very important thing and near and dear to my heart. But, you know, I think it's interesting, the contrast between you and she, because she is very much someone who, without you, would very definitely take the more traditional path as opposed to you being self-employed and in business for yourself. Is there anything you have to say about that? At home, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I, I think you're, I think you're right. Um, but you know, we, what we decided to do was was to start having kids, and and then we had four kids in five and a half years, and uh, you know, that's that's where we are now. So that workload at home is tremendous. How old it, are your kids, Ray? Uh, seven, five, three, and one. Woo! that's a lot of work yeah oh man yeah, it is and it's a lot of fun i mean they're great it, it is really cool but um yeah my wife chelsea she's at home uh, she's homeschooling our oldest now and and intends to homeschool the other ones too and managing the household and everything that goes along with that so she's always been a very hard worker too and and that's sort of what she's got her hands full with right now um and and maybe she'll go back to work we've we've talked through other ideas uh you know homeschool co-ops and and investment property and right. you know different opportunities that uh you know we, we have nothing but great things ahead of us no doubt about it and and uh she rose to that position pretty quickly so that tells you a little bit about her and her work ethic she is pretty impressive young lady and i sincerely mean that that's how i found ray actually i was in a bni absolute connections and chelsea uh was in that and ray substituted for her a couple times and somewhere along the line, we, we hooked up. But, uh, you know, I, I always think it's interesting uh, that you have two people who go in very different directions, yet they're attracted to one another. And I, I, wonder, I wonder if there's struggles in that or if that diversification uh, is, a, is a benefit. Uh, no doubt Chelsea could go back to work and, and, and attain a, a high level once again in relative short order. But she's chosen to stay home with the children, which I think is so... So impressive. So impressive. My wife stayed home. My wife is a very capable person, but she stayed home 
with our kids because between the two of us, we both felt that was very important. So um, do you do you plan to bring your kids to work with you, kind of like what you did when you were young? Oh, yeah. I'm already doing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Um, you know, just, just to get them out of the house and get them out there. And, and, you know, there's, there's times where, you know, try to create opportunity for my wife to get, you know, maybe one-on-one time with another kid or just get a couple of them so she can do something cool with them. And, and they love going with me and, you know, uh, the customers enjoy it. It's, um, it's been kind of a cool experience. And, uh, my oldest is, uh, is my only son and, you know, he's kind of, you know, that typical boy where he likes the, the dirt and, you know, I'll get him out on the job site and, um, you know, maybe he'll hop in the Bobcat with me and we'll drive oh, cool. that around a little bit. And he, he loves that type of stuff. So Wow. I've always said, folks, that the best place I felt to raise children was on a farm and grew up, I grew up on a farm. The problem is you got to make a living. And so for a lot of you who are out there listening, you may not have the opportunity to bring your children to work and teach them a work ethic and, and get them involved early and have the type of sense of the world that early as Raymond described earlier in the show. So for people who have their own business, it's almost an opportunity, if I might say an excuse to be able to teach your kids young, uh, teach them skills and teach them a work ethic and an understanding of the world and what it takes to, 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 you know, pay that, have a, have a house and, put food on the table and all of those things. And not everybody has that opportunity. So quite literally having your own business affords you that. And that all by itself is a tremendous benefit, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly is. It's, it's kind of a, kind of a side benefit, but yeah, something that, that I really enjoy about it. So tell me a little bit about your business. Tell me about, about the, the name element landscaping. How'd you come up with that name? (laughs) Oh, um, yeah, actually the name, I, I guess I wish it was a cooler story, but, uh, you know, <laughs> af- after I had decided that, uh, I definitely wanted to go this route, I had a heck of a time coming up with the name. It, I don't know how long it actually took me, but it seemed like forever. And one day I was driving through Champlin and, uh, there was a salon off to the side of the road that I saw from the highway called Element Salon. And I thought, Element, that, that can work. And, <laughs> thought about it for a little while and that's that's what I ended up going with um so that was how it got its name and I started in in 2013 and at the time I I had really honestly no idea how to run a business you know I had I had vetted out a few things and figured out some stuff but I was really more of of a hands-on installer I knew how to build stuff uh really didn't know how to run a business but um you know I I took off with it and ran with it. And, um, I remember that first year, actually the first job I ever sold, I remember, um, it was a retaining wall. And at the time I had visited some BNI groups that spring and business I, networking groups, folks, just so you know, go on. Yep. And met a gentleman there and, uh, he had a plumbing company, had me out. He said, you know, I need a retaining wall, came out, met with him and everything like that. Got him his, uh, his bid and, few days later, I, I remember I was out and about, I think bidding some other projects and I had stopped for lunch. I opened up the email on my phone and he said, let's do it. And I was so excited. It was like a $4,500 project. And that was the first one I ever sold. And I started with, with just one employee back in early on in 2013. And, and I've still kept it pretty tight knit to this day, but, um, you know, things, things have changed dramatically now. Now I'm not in in the field doing the hands-on stuff anymore. I'm more focused on, on sales and, 
uh, you know, creating those relationships with my customers and, and ensuring that customer satisfaction is there and, uh, and, and trying to capitalize on new opportunity. Um, you know, really what we do at Element Landscaping is, is hardscapes. So, so we're doing patios, retaining walls. We do a lot of curb appeal work too, plants and edging and decorative rock and such like that. Um, shoreline restoration, lakeshore and um, erosion protection and drainage and bobcat, you know, dirt work. Those are, that's kind of our realm. That's our, that's our niche. And, you know, there's a lot of other components to landscaping that, uh, that we can include in our work, um, you know, that, that, you know, we hire out or, or whatever. And, and, you know, when it comes to like maintenance and stuff like that, those are things that we're, you know, not really involved in other than uh, winter time where we're doing some snow plowing. Well, you know, I love what you've said, but I want to take you back here because there's so much between here and fro that you just passed right by. And so the first question I got to ask you is when you started, came up with the name Element Landscaping, because to me, I'm I'm more the financial and and business guy. I'm immediately saying, okay, now I got to go online. I got to search the name. Maybe I'm going to trademark the name. Uh, How am I going to incorporate it? Is it going to be uh, an S Corp, a C Corp, an LLC? Um, and then I got to go to a bank. I got to get a bank account. How am I going to set that bank account up and all that kind of stuff? That's where I want to take you back. So did you know right from the very beginning that you had to go and get a business license? Did you even do that at the time? And if so, what was the business structure you selected and why did you select it? Yep. So I did do those things. You know, that, that was some of the stuff that I vetted out and, and educated myself on early on. And, and, uh, I chose to open up as an LLC. Uh, so I went that route and limited liability company folks go ahead. Yep. And you know, I got the bank accounts and, and I leaned on, you know, people that knew more than I did, like, right. like even my uncle who was self-employed. Um, I don't remember exactly where it fit in the timeline, but I went back to Iowa one summer, stayed with my grandma and, and worked with him, uh, you know, back doing landscaping again. And this was right before I started my business. Uh-huh. Um, so, so I could kind of manage those projects, learn more about the trade. You were getting I'll, paid to learn. Yeah. And, and learn the business side of things right. a little bit more too. So, so I leaned on some folks like that to, to get all my ducks in a row. Very good. So were you a single member LLC or do you have a partner as in your wife or someone else? Yep. Single member. It's uh, it's always been just me. Okay, folks. So just as a point of, of education here, an S corporation and an LLC are both flow through entities, but they differ in that an S corporation is a corporation with shares. An LLC, if you're a single member, the dilution of shares, that means what divides or is divisible by the value of the company could be 10 member units, could be one when you're a single member. LLC. If it's going to be two people, it could be two member units or it could be 10 divided by two. So the difference is significant. Uh, shares versus member units. And that means that a, an LLC is a company and an L, and a, an S Corp or a C Corp are, are, uh, uh, incorporated entities. They're a corp corporation. Let's take another break. We'll be right back with Raymond from Element Landscaping has been the collision repair leader in the Twin Cities for over 40 years. Hi, I'm Matt Feehan, second generation owner. Our mission at Fix Auto is to provide you with the simplest collision repair experience anywhere. If you're in an accident and you need help, my team is here and ready for you. You can find us on the web at fixautousa.com. That's fixautousa.com. We are Fix Auto, home of the wow experience. Does your sump pump run constantly? 
Do you want to ensure that you never have a damp, musty-smelling basement? These issues are caused by water coming off your roof, draining into your basement. Gutters can resolve these problems. William Foss is the owner of Seamless Solutions. He is honest and trustworthy. He is simply the best. If you need gutters or leaf covers, he is the guy to call. You can call him at 612-834-0664 or go to his website, SeamlessSolutionsMN.com. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arliss Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412 Blaine, Minnesota. You can also find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again, accounting-offices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. Todd Rooker here to tell you about the most amazing jewelry store, Golden Treasures on 805 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I've known the owner, Todd Gimble, for almost 20 years now, and at Golden Treasures, not only do you get more for less, it's the experience that you and your special person will feel when you walk in the door. Todd truly puts his heart and soul into creating your experience, regardless of how much money you spend. This is Todd's customer for life philosophy. Take it from me, there really is no other jewelry store. You can't go wrong with Golden Treasures in St. Paul. 651-227-2711. That's 651-227-2711. I have trusted attorney Brian Aho for more than 10 years to work closely with me to resolve and eliminate debt for many of my personal and business clients. Aho Law Office is the go-to firm I choose because Brian has always been caring and compassionate with my clients while tenaciously fighting to retain as much of their assets as possible while quickly eliminating their debt. Brian's extensive experience and knowledge of bankruptcy law and willingness to fight allow him to resolve challenges and cases that many attorneys won't. Don't let other attorneys learn on your dime. Rely on the experience of Aho Law Office to help you achieve relief from your creditors. Competent, compassionate legal advocates providing the clarity to protect tomorrow. For more information, call Brian and his staff at 612-271-4047 or email Brian directly at brian at office.com. Again, that number, 612-271-4047. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I hope you are enjoying uh, the show. Um the the uh, I want to make sure you understood what I said uh, leading up to the break, and that is that dilution represents the division of value within member units or shares, 
And <clears throat> that is uh, not something I'm going to stand on any longer here. I just want to make sure that I didn't mislead you or misrepresent those things. Anyway, all right. So, uh, Ray, you know, you you have encountered the, the, the I'm a good landscaper building a retaining wall, as you described in the first job that you got and how exciting that was. But now you're, you you brought up the fact that you're no longer in the field. You're overseeing things. You're more doing bids. You're building relationships. And that's quite an evolution. Can you talk a little bit about that evolution for yourself as a business person who just happens to be in the landscape business? Because once you move out of the field, it becomes less about the product and it becomes more about how do you build and manage the business when sure. you've got employees who are dependent upon you. Right. Yeah. And, and that, you know, that evolution was you know, it's kind of taken place slowly as time has went on. And, um, you know, if I'm going to be completely honest, I think, um, the fact that this is a seasonal business is kind of a double-edged sword. There's, there's some pros and cons, but one of the pros is, um, you know, when I began, there was so much I didn't know that I would take the winter months when I was slower to learn and to grow and, and, and to, to seek change and, and always be improving. And I've done that every single winter since I started the business. So I think that's attributed to my success. And, and as the years went on, I had, you know, kind of a slow evolution of, of growth. Um, you know, gross revenue has increased every single year since I've began the business. And that, that snowball, if you will, has really escalated and started moving a whole lot faster since I started working with you, um, you know, a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun to see the change, but, but now in, in kind of coming out of the field and, and not doing so much of the hands-on stuff and trying to, uh, you know, manage the business a little bit better has, has been awfully rewarding. Well, and let me say something about Raymond here as he sits in front of me. And that is that Raymond is someone who has embraced the change and the educational path to become a business owner as opposed to a practitioner. Not everyone does that. And that's not an, a, a simple evolution for a lot of small business owners because the reality is many of them got into the business because that's what they did. That was the work that they did. And so to them, the natural thing was to do that. Their challenge is that they are always putting the value of themselves, meaning their own personal self-esteem, is completely related to being the best at the thing that they do within their company, and they're not easily able to walk walk away from that. And so they become very, really reluctant, reluctant participants, as I call it, not knowing the numbers, not being concerned with the numbers, just being concerned with doing the work and doing it well and and maybe being a job soup, making sure people show up on time, are working hard and all that. But they don't concern themselves with the growth of the business. And it's a different business. It's a different world than being good at the work. And Ray was open and accepting. And whenever I told him to do things, he just did it. And it wasn't like I didn't know that they would work, but just getting somebody to do it, it's no small thing. And Ray did that. And as a result, he's had great success because of it. Right. Yeah. One, one, uh, you know, one way to illustrate that point was when we started working together a couple years ago, one of the things you said from day one was, you need more leads. I, I want you to have, you know, so many leads, you can barely handle them all. And I thought, gosh, that's, that's kind of weird. And this was coming off of the COVID year and like 2021 where I had my schedule filled for the, for the Plenty season busy. early busy. in the spring. Yeah. We were, we were super busy. 
And I thought, gosh, I, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but you know, I went with it and, and, you know, it, and to, and to make that happen isn't easy either, but you know, it was, it was, you know, my referral network and those partners and cultivating those relationships. It was, you know, you know, touching past customers on a frequent basis and staying in touch with them to, to maybe work for them again, or so they're going to pass, you know, our, their referral on to friends and family and things like that. And like the online presence and the website and Google and things like that, where I was already getting leads from, you know, doing things within those to, to help, you know, grow, grow the leads. Right. And so I've done that, uh, you know, last year and certainly all of this year, and now it's paying off because this isn't the COVID year and things are a little bit different than they were a couple of years ago. A lot of people are slow. Yeah, absolutely. I've talked to tons of contractors this year and in different industries from landscaping to, to concrete to other construction trades and people are slow. I've had, I've had employees call me from other companies this year and ask me if I'm hiring. Right. And, and I kind of talk with them and well, why are you looking for a job? Well, cause I, my landscaper, my landscaping company is only getting me 30 hours a week. Meanwhile, my guys have overtime every single week and, you know, our schedule is, you know, we've been filling it as we go here this year, but there's been no shortage of work for us. Very good. If I could piggyback onto that, folks, those of you who are in business, in a small business, a small business, although they rarely have it, should have a marketing spend. So a marketing spend is a percentage of gross revenue that you are going to dictate towards marketing. I don't care if you know what you're going to spend the money on. That's not the point because the way you deploy that money varies and changes as you go, but you have to have the money to work with. So that marketing spend generally is going to be somewhere between, depending on the size of the business, anywhere from two to five of gross revenue, which is a lot of money. I have clients who spend close to $100,000 a month on marketing spend every single month they're marketing. And when you're a one person show, sure, you can, you can talk to your clients and try to generate, but no longer when you're in the field, are you able to do that? And frankly, a lot of the people who work for you don't want to be salespeople and that's why they do work for somebody else. So they're not going to do that. And so how are you going to build that business? And then remember that also your marketing is geared to grow more people, more leads than you can possibly handle. That's the goal. Not to have the phone ring and have enough business to stay busy because then you have to take every job, whether it's profitable or not. When you have way more leads, way more people calling or wanting of your service than you can possibly handle, what that means is you get to pick and choose the most profitable jobs and the jobs that you're focused on and become really good at. And we've done that, haven't we, Ray? Right. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So these are things that as a small business owner, you really want to be conscious of. And then, of course, the other thing that's obvious is when things slow down, you're still busy when others are not. So the bathwater maybe went down overall, but for you as an individual, you still are busy. And then, of course, the lovely thing is in an environment where everybody's busy, you can't find good people to work for you. But when you are as strong, when everyone else is weak, now all of those people come to you because now they don't have the work or they're not happy with where they are, whether it's today, tomorrow, or in the future. And you're the first call they make, which means you're always on the grow and you've always got people who want to come to work for you. A big bonus in that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so let's take another break here. 
We're speaking with Raymond Jung. He is the owner and operator of Element Landscaping. If you need any landscaping done, he worked on my house. He did a patio on the front uh, of my house. Just did a fabulous job. Him and his uh, him and his worker, and I know he doesn't normally do it, but he came and did the work for me personally, along with, with one of his employees. And they just did a fabulous job. People walk through my house, they go, wow, it's amazing. But look, Ray does great work. Ray is a tremendous young man. And if you need this work, he is the guy, Element Landscaping. His phone number, 763-203-5036. If you want to give him a call, if you need some work, you'd be happy you did. Let's take another break. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. Social Security, you've spent your entire working life paying into it, so don't you want to get the most out of it? Jim Baer and his team at J. Allen Financial can show you ways to do that with their free Social Security report. Download your copy today at rhythmofretirement.com slash social security. That's rhythmofretirement.com slash social security. J. Allen Financial offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, AEWM, and J. Allen Financial are not affiliated companies. J. Allen Financial is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or governmental agency. Hi, this is Troy Danner of Danner's Cabinet Shop. My family has been building custom cabinets and countertops for homes in Minnesota for over 50 years. We still make the cabinets the way my grandpa did when he founded our company. My team of skilled craftsmen pride themselves on attention to detail and making sure every element of your project goes perfectly. Give me a call at 763-753-4002 or visit us online at dannerscabinets.com. If you're in a financially challenged situation or want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. My name is Todd Rooker. When you want information on today's most pressing economic and financial pressures, who do you talk to? There are attorneys, CPAs, financial advisors, mortgage brokers, and real estate agents. Everyone has a different opinion, and these professionals do not always work well together. It's not enough to find an expert in one area. You need a comprehensive approach that addresses all of your concerns and enables you to create an overall plan. I have over 20 years experience in this highly specialized field and it is my job to work with all of the professionals previously mentioned and know much of what they know allowing me to provide you with a cohesive and unbiased strategy that addresses everything related to your situation. I will help you to strategically plan for a financial crisis, minimize the damage, recover quickly and most importantly help ensure that you're never here again. You have a lot more options than you think but don't waste time. Go to CYA21.com and get my free download financial Crisis Bible or call us at 763-559-3800. That number again, 763-559-3800. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, folks. Welcome to my Cover Your Assets world. <laughs> so I, I, think, I think this has been just uh, fabulous, Raymond. Um, let's talk a little bit about about the the work. I mean, there there is the business element. Uh, for any of you who are thinking about starting a side hustle, maybe growing it, scaling it, we've talked a bit about that. And there's a whole lot to that. We can spend another 25 hours on that. But 
<clears throat> there is also, from a consumer standpoint, there's the work. And I always say to my clients, when, when, when you leave the job or when you leave this world even, what are the things that people who worked with you, who knew you going to say that made you unique and memorable? And in a business, I think this is critical. So talk a little bit about the work, what you see out there and how your business differs from the others that are in the same industry as you are. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. And, and like you said, a, a side hustle and, you know, specifically within that landscape industry, I mean, all it takes to be in the landscape business is a pickup and a shovel and a wheelbarrow. <laughs> and <laughs> there, there's a lot of competition out there. And, you know, you see, uh, gosh, you know, I've, I've been doing it long enough, uh, you know, where it's, it's the meetings that I have with, with my, my customers and the consultations I have, uh, to the tune of hundreds a season. And, you know, you see, you see what these other folks have to offer sometimes and, and with the pricing and stuff. And I get asked a lot, you know, people will feel very comfortable with me and they'll follow up and they'll say, well, gosh, I, I'd love to hire you, but your price is just, you know, you're a lot more than these other guys. And I went out and I got a few bids and, you know, can, can you talk me through that or explain to me why? And really it comes down to, you know, we pride ourselves on a quality installation. We want to do it right the first time. And, and I want to listen to the customers and execute their vision. We come up with a plan that we're, you know, a plan of attack and, um, you know, and put it together where, where they love it. And, and, and we can, we can do that sustainably and, and build it correctly. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if you're looking at something like a patio, for example, and you have your friends over and you're, and you're having drinks on it. Yeah, this looks great, but there's so much more going on underneath the ground behind the scenes with the foundation and the soils and, and the different components that are going to make that last. Those are the things that we're doing the right way. And, and the I, things that nobody sees. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and that, that's what takes a lot of the time, you know, at, at, at the end of the project is when we put those paver stones down and, and, and button it up. But there's, there's a lot more going on underneath everything that, uh, you know, that, that really can't be overlooked. And, you know, maybe some of, some of my competition out there is not doing it the right way. You know, retaining walls are another big one. I, we, we rebuild more failed retaining walls than we do new ones from scratch because wow. if you don't do them the right way, they don't last. So yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I've seen, I've seen, and, and really that's what it is. It's about lasting and something being, you know, structurally sound and, you know, so I, years ago did a retaining wall in, in one of my previous houses and I know what I did. I, I dug, I dug what would have been like a footing on a foundation of a house, uh, dug it down t- 24 inches. I'm a little nuts and filled it up with like 16 inches of, of base material, compacted the base and then put what was left about two blocks underground and that thing, I drive by there, and it has been 20 years, and it's still sitting there. But then I remember uh, someone in the neighborhood who had somebody else do it, and I'm I'm at that house, and I'm looking out the window, watching this so-called landscape crew take these retaining wall blocks, and with nothing more than a rubber mallet, pound them into place on top of the grass, on top of the sod, and I walked up to the guy and I said, I said, aren't you going to dig out the sod and put, you know what, you know, like a, a, a solid foundation, a footing underneath here to make sure that it lasts? And he says, you'd never make any money <clears throat> doing that. Listen, folks, here's why. 
because they're in the space of trying to be the cheapest price for everybody. And when you invariably are going down that road, you try to find a way to do it cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. And when it goes bad in a year or two, they're nowhere to be found. And that's what you brought up. You fix more of them. Than the ones that you actually find new and do. Yeah, yeah. When you when you're telling you know installing the blocks on top of the sod, pounding them in with the mouth. I've seen it, <laughs> and it makes me just cringe. You know, even, and these even are the these that. are the professionals, right? right? Right. You know, and you and you you they know they're they're geniuses because they know just a smidgen more than you, and you don't know anything, right? Yeah. I mean. Yep, and and, it, and you're right. You know, it comes down to the cost, and you know, people trying to be competitive. They've got that consumer mindset. They, you know, they're they're trying to do it as cheap as they can and generate the business, and and that's just not how we do it. It's it's premium materials. It's a quality installation. It's a thorough cleanup. Uh, you know, even even the project that we did for you. You know, we, we've got the tarp down. At the end of the day, when we left, you you could not tell we were there. That's, that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. And that, you know, from a consumer standpoint, that is a really important thing. I don't want crap blowing all over my yard because people took a break and they've got McDonald's wrappers rolling into my neighbor's yard. But, you know, you see all that stuff all the time because people have no attention to detail. You cannot succeed when you're all about price. Don't try to get the best price. Try to get the best job. Ray, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Todd. Very good. Element Landscaping, 763-203-5036. Call Ray. You won't be sorry. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye. like to talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great, but who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. This has been a paid program. The views expressed were not necessarily those of the management or ownership of KSTPAM 1500 ESPN. You're listening to 1500 ESPN on KSTPAM 1500 and 94.5 HD2 Minneapolis.